In this episode, I speak with Mordechai Rubenstein, a.k.a. Mr. Mort. Mordechai and I met in San Francisco when he worked for Levi's. He has worked and consulted for designers like Jack Spade, Mark Jacobs. His photos appear in publications like Vogue, GQ. So you got to check him out on Instagram, Mr. Mort. He published a book recently called Dead Style about the Grateful Dead and his love for tie-dye. Check it out. With the holiday of Purim coming up and the theme of joy and inspiration in the air, it's certainly the energy Mordechai brings when we talk. It's all joy and inspiration. So check out our conversation. Follow Mordechai on Instagram at Mr. Mort. Check me out at, at Rabbi Peretz. Email me at word at rabbiparrots.com. Leave me a rating on Apple. And looking forward to joyous times ahead. Happy Purim, everyone. Be in touch. This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Welcome to the Rabbi Parrots Podcast. I'm super pumped to be here with my man Mordechai Rubenstein, aka Mr. Mort. And you have to say aka because you know man's got a name. Uh, you know, I I used to have a tough time with people calling me Rabbi, whether they remembered my name or not. I'd be like, my name's Parrots. I don't know, you know, that Rabbi's the title. Maybe that's my brand. You know, maybe Mr. Mort's the brand. But you got a name. You want to be in relationships. You're a relationship dude. Uh, so welcome, man. It's great to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Long time. I'll, t- I'll tell you why the main reason I wanted you on is because we're in the month of Adar. Adar is all about joy. Purim's coming up. It's about joy. And this pandemic started last Purim, essentially. Especially in uh, communities that were celebrating Purim, they were like a day late. You know, where everybody else was a day early, the day before Purim, the Jewish community like, oh, we'll, we'll squeeze one more holiday in there. And it was a big mistake. So here it's a full year later, and we're in the time we're supposed to be super happy. And I actually think of you, the first thing I always think of is a guy with uh, good vibes and very happy. And so let's start off in the present, man. Are you happy? How are things? How's the, how's the year been for you? It's funny. I look at orange. I look at you in orange, and I don't know much about color theory, but I know what I like. Purple, it's malchus, it's royalty. You know, makes sense. Purple velvet. You know, I think of a king. Orange. They say if you look at it first thing in the morning, it's supposed to make you happy. Mm. I'm looking at you now. It's working just the same as first thing in the morning, but it's really, really true. And when I, I like, I think about getting dressed sometimes for a few days in a row, sometimes for a few hours. And orange has been really like low key underlying uh, feeling for me. I haven't done it a lot. I have one or two orange jackets. Not like there are colors that I get into. I'm like, oh, I want to wear all purple, all purple. I want to wear all all yellow. I've never. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say never. Maybe I have done all orange, but I'm feeling orange lately. And um, it's not even so much to like, <laughs> you know, oh, I want to be happy. Let me put orange on. It's not even like, oh, I put the orange on and then I remember I'm happy. It's when I see it on others that I'm like reminded of the power of colors. So well, that's, 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 um, I, I just will add orange. It was just January. I was like, I felt like I needed a color for the year, like something. And I looked in my closet. And I was like, I need a color. And, you know, and, and, uh, and then I look online and I see this bright orange, uh, top and it comes with matching orange pants. And, and I was like, I gotta do it. And, uh, everybody who sees me is so happy. And that's the whole point of this outfit. Uh, in general, my clothing as a rabbi has evolved to where 
I realized um, I need things working for me, you know, like I don't have anything fancy going on. I don't have a great brand or or like this is who I am. And over the years, I've added more and more, let's call it courage to wear different clothing as a rabbi in order that it does a lot of work. I'm not shaking a woman's hand, but they're like, he's wearing all orange jumpsuit. He's not, you know, he's either getting out of jail or he's happy to see me. You know, he's either way, he's happy to see me. So it's uh, it's, it's it's been a huge part of it is uh, is is that. And I take inspiration from you, man, because you're you clearly use clothing for joy. I, it's true you're in fashion, but... You're like the, I love when you always say you're their fashion stylist, fashion stylists, because you're basically saying that like, look, clothing is not, it's, yeah, you're your stylist, stylist. F- yeah, clothing is not fashion in the same sense of like, where does it go from here? Like, you're going to keep making up different clothes. Like, what are we doing already? We already figured out comfy, practical, uh, all that stuff. Now it's about personality, connection, you know, individuality, et cetera. And uh, how's this year been for that? You know, it's such a big part of what you just do. Thinking, I was just thinking like, you know, I, I, I have a feeling like all of us, like, okay, it's winter. What am I really missing this spring? Or at the end of winter, I'll be like, ah, I know what I need next winter. That certain Aaron knit cardigan that I craved all winter. Okay, I don't, I don't remember to go on eBay during the summer to look for it or God forbid it towards the end of the winter. But at least I know what I'm lacking and what I'm looking for. Similar with color, I'm like, oh, I'm wearing a ton of purple. And then they announce like Pantone color of the year, 0726. I never noticed that until a few years ago when it was like lilac, lavender. And I was like really into purple. People like, oh, you predict. Now I'm looking at eat the orange and we're talking orange. I'm wondering what is this year? We don't have to Google it now. We're busy. What right. is this year's color? And if it was orange, it'd be great because it makes you happy, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's funny when I, I was interviewed for, I thought I was being interviewed for New York style and I didn't read the email real quick. Not this one, another zoom. I didn't read the email real quick. I read the email super quick. It was, it was New York magazine. It wasn't about New York style. It was about people that dress uh, supporting New York for whatever, you know, like they're wearing like a lot of, to me, it means like old pearl paint it's a store that closed on broad canal you know you know it's like old spots that haven't been around like uh essence bench where they reopened but that's like real new york merch to me you know city department of sanitation stuff you can't buy but i got all excited to talk to the editor about new york style I'm like you tell me what new york style is we all haven't been out in a year and if you have i don't want to know you because right. social media i'm looking at people honolulu everyone's in miami everyone's in la no one's in brooklyn in the cold trenches like I am, even though, come on, I know tons of people are. And even though you're in California, Miami doesn't mean you're laying in the beach. Regardless, you know, it's a, you know, when I first came to uh, walking the streets, taking pictures in the summer, because I was away for quarantine for a few months out of town, I said, I looked at somebody really cool. I was like, I was wearing a mask. I can't take pictures of people wearing a mask. Okay, it's a big part of what I do is talk to people in the street, taking pictures. They're talking to people on the street, already that's scary. If you're not wearing a mask, I get scared to talk to people on the street, but sometimes I forget and I just start ranting and talking to people and they're spitting in my face, even though, you know, I don't realize, but with the whole street style or looking at how people dress in the streets, I'm more, you know, catching me with my eye because the streets are pretty bare. You know, they're not yeah. naked, you know, they're, but they're pretty bare. So you're seeing more construction workers. Also, I don't know if it's, you know, uh, because it's winter or it's a darker, colder winter than others, but I'm seeing just a lot more high-vis. Maybe there's a lot more construction on the streets. It's funny, I'm looking at your glasses, even though they're not high-vis, but with the sweatshirt, 
It's like, you know, those are the colors you see in the winter that you see in New York. And I like them, the colors that wake you up, you know, vibrant, vibrant, whatever colors. Even though now over the past few winters, we're seeing more orange down coats and tie dye and, and colors that we'd normally see in the summer, I think we're seeing in the winter. And I like that New York used to be like all black, you know, so this fashion world black. I'm like, for what? You know, oh, and you disappear. All right, it's, it's sneeze, but at the same time, it's almost, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't wake me up like I want colors to wake me up. I want to walk by you and, and, and see ah, a breath of, of fresh colors. But, um, you know, with, with masks, it covers so much of your face. You can't tell someone smiling. Can't, you know, I took a picture of somebody in passing. They found me on Instagram. They said, I wish you would have asked. I said, I always ask. You're like the one person I didn't ask. It was in traffic. <laughs> I was walking towards you, walking towards me. You want me to delete it? No, no, no. I don't want you to delete it. But, you know, you should have asked next time. I'll try and ask. But it's like, also, you can't even read someone's face. You know, it's not like. You can go, go like this, you know. Like, I feel like you just you just basically gave a, a syllabus of like how everyone feels walking on the street for the last year. This certain like, you know, disconnect that's happened over there. And um, I never thought I'd be checking out other people's masks, you know, <laughs> right? An accessory, but I'm listening. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, you you came up with beauty in the everyday uniform as a hashtag as a thing. It totally represented like a new layer of what you were doing, uh, which was like. It's what is a uniform after all? We grew up in a similar background going to yeshiva. I I always felt that the clothing of the yeshiva or the Hasidic garb was a uniform. Like yeah. where the world is sort of like, you know, an active place and you got to wear, uh, you know, your your uh, sports clothing or your uniform. This is like how you really, you know, figure out what you're about. Like this is how you figure out with the world. It only looks weird to others who are on another team, let's say. But if you're if you're all a construction worker doesn't look at another construction worker's boots and feel weird. They look at the at the at the at the guy wearing a suit and his bally, uh, you know, drivers and is like, oh, that guy, how's he walking on the streets in New York? You know, so it's definitely um, um, I love the trend of where fashion's going. And I and I really think you have a huge part in it. You know, I, I, I say like uh, you're wearing a tie dye um, uh, turtleneck. Uh, tie dye. I don't remember it being a major thing as far as fashion goes before you came around. I really don't. And not to cut you off, but it's so funny to me that not to cut you off, but I'm gonna cut you off. No, but like <laughs> you know, I, I I take a lot of pictures, yeah, and and I like to document trends and I like to predict trends silently, maybe tweet them, but I don't like to talk about them too much because I'm not some kind of like seeing the future. I'm any real Kurdish, but yeah, we feel things. We know what's coming sometimes in the way of color, fashion, whatever. But it's so funny to just be into what we're into and 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 see it really happen. I will take some credit for the beauty in the everyday because we're watching with Balenciaga, Vetements, with, even if not fashion brands, just like commercials. I'm not saying for AT&T or Verizon or Nextel, but like commercials where it's just like regular people. And I think fashion also, it's like instead of $500,000 a day model, they can go with like, okay, they're not going to jump to you and I, but like, you, you know, it's okay to, to come down a little bit from this like fantasy world that that they were living and um yeah uh well, i don't know what my point was with that but uh, yeah oh oh trends intuition yeah but one of the beauty in the everyday it's like to me and you it's like okay fine i won't say to you i don't really like that but to me it's like it's what i'm feeling right now we're in kind of dark times i want to go bright we're in time where you don't want to look too fancy in a 16 piece suit so maybe you wear a three-piece suit I'm trying to be a little more snazzy these days i think you know if you're going to take the family skiing in aspen maybe only put up one picture not 17 you know mm. you know i think you have to be really mindful but um but when i when i went to me 
you didn't ask, well, what's beauty in the every, you know, you know me, but what's beauty in the everyday and beauty in the everyday uniform? It's, it's a few things. It's like, yeah, looking at the lady walking down the street in her floral raincoat and it's pouring rain and her bag's getting all wet, but I'm just looking at the flowers in the raincoat. I'm like, it's so beautiful. It's just beauty in the everyday. It doesn't have to be Gucci schmoochy. And the other thing is, is that you have doctors, lawyers, bankers. These guys are wearing chalk striped suits in the winter, seersucker in the summer. They're wearing Oxford shirts every single day. Same with you. Most of them black and white. You know, Kapata, Fedora, it's so easy I used to think as a hustle, just get dressed. Yeah, just pick out your white shirt, pick out your hat. You know, maybe it's because times have changed, maybe because our brains changed, whatever. But like, it, to me, that's like beauty in the everyday uniform. You know, some people think a cop, a FedEx, a, you know, a firefighter. Sure, there are those uniforms which are so obvious, but there's what you and I are talking about, which is just, you know, we wear a fedora. I think the way we wear fedoras so naturally is because we've been wearing them since 12 and nine months. You know what I mean? Or even yeah. as a baby throwing on your Tati's hat all the time. So yeah. by the time we're 13, putting it on, we're already mastered it where 30 year olds see it as a trend. And they're like, do I cock it this way? Do I rabbi? Do, do I, did I pinch it? Right. You know? Right. It's like <laughs> try telling somebody and I'm not good at this. Just put it on, just put it on and forget about it. That's right. When I'm in a thrift shop, when I'm in a thrift shop, I don't like mirrors. If you put something on, and you know it fits, and you can go like this, and you can pretend to hail a cab, you know? You're good. You're good money. You're good money. You don't need a mirror if you truly love. Anyway, sorry. I'll shut up. No, on the contrary. I was just, you're saying it. I noticed my son, who's now 13, he's wearing a hat. I'm wearing shul, and I'm trying to straighten his hat a little bit because, you know, he has to, he has to pinch off, and he's like there, and some old guy's yelling at me, parrots. Let him be a bottlin if he wants to be a bottlin. What are you moving his hat around? They're like, okay, you know, I'm just trying to teach him young. No, you know, just he's got to wear it himself. It'll, you know. So true. I never thought of it because I don't have a son. I mean, never thought of it. Like, it's so true. It's like, you're going to tell him to do it like this. <laughs> That's going to go like this. I was just trying to get the pinch lined up with his nose. You know what I mean? Because he was all like. I love how the rabbit's hat was sideways kind of pinched because that's, I believe, how he took it on and off. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely. Maybe it was obvious this, but it wasn't I, perfect. I think it was not perfect. That's for sure. My up hat started when I noticed that every picture of my great grandfather, my namesake, who I'm named after, had an up hat, and and he was a real Chabad Jew, but it was just like he was never going to spend time putting his brim down. <laughs> like, what do you mean by up hat? Like wearing it like you're wearing it, or like it's... like the brim was up. You know what I mean? Like, do you call that an up hat? <laughs> Yeah, I call it an up hat, a, sh- a schlapper, a, you know, an up schlapper. Oh, you daft. Oh, so you don't put your brim down. I, I mean, I, I, it, it's def- almost never. And partly was because, like, you know, that's how he put it. He put it on his head. He didn't think about it. And yeah, that became- it. So this is the in-between of clothes, right? It's the, it's the like, and today everybody's trying to catch up to this, which is like, I'm putting in the attention of what I'm wearing, but I'm also, I'm wearing it as if it's, I just threw this on in the morning, right? <laughs> so it's, it's a good Italian word. I think it's sprezzera. And I never knew how to pronounce it or the true word. And it's like, it's like that perfectly like, okay, I'm wearing a turtleneck. I'm not wearing it like this. I'm right. not wearing it like this. I'm wearing it with a little attitude that's supposed to look like, you know, I spent three hours to put it together. It's so funny with the world. Yeah, anyway. But you can tell the difference at this point, who's been wearing that style for years and, and like th- it's part of them, you know? Right. I think there's a lot it's like we'll bring it back to hats that it's like there's the people that just wear the hat and there's the people where the hat wears them. Yeah. There's just like there's no. Uh, yeah, there's well, a $3,000 hat. It's the, it's, two cents, 50 cents. That's a, it's the old Hasidic story they used to tell us in yeshiva that, they, that uh, you know, you wear the clothing, the clothing doesn't wear you. 
And this is something my father said to us many times as a kid, because we'd be like, oh, I don't want to ruin my hat or my jacket. You know, like it's true. It looks black and white to the world outside. But to us, you know, every ripple is is uh, that's all we got. And my father would always be like, you wear the clothing. Stop letting the clothing wear you. And he would say it in Yiddish. Yeah, Yeshiva, but I like that. That 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 was something we grew up with. That was a, a major idea, and it made made me very comfortable with like, okay, you get the life out of it that you get, and sometimes it gets better with age, and sometimes you didn't get a good enough quality, and you gotta you know keep looking. But um, I want to bring it back to the month we're in because the month we're in, the week we're in, all this stuff. It's the Torah actually has a whole portion on clothing, and that's this week's portion. It's all clothing. So again, I thought of you. And then the heroine of the story of Perm, one of the heroines, is Mordechai. So I thought of you. And then the month is about joy, and I'm like, this guy's a joyous guy. I thought of you. And not just because you're my friend and because I'm a New Yorker, so now I'm saying I thought of you by the third time. It's already one one uh, word. But uh, it's it's a serious like convergence of of joy and intention and same thing of like, you're not, I don't know if you, if you started your life, like knowing that you'd be able to have the ability to do what you're doing now, but we came from yeshiva backgrounds and here you are in a way you're like a, you're like a rabbi of sorts. You, you're spreading your love, your joy to people around there. You're taking control of your opinions about what it is. It's led you to good places overall. And, uh, and I just like, uh, may take me back a little bit, like, like, like how did, how did these steps happen? And I'm not saying my audience wants to, you know, copy you as much, but I think that everybody wants to be a little inspired about like taking their journey and allowing it to, you know, open them up a little bit and it's done for you. So what do you think was really there for you? You know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought up, brought up the parasha a little bit and you don't push Tara down the throat, even though sometimes I wish you would, because I wanted to refer back to my text of when you hit me up or DM saying like, this is what I like. I want to talk to you about the because for me, all I heard was fashion, Parsha, it, it coincides. I want to talk to you. And I'm like, wow, I haven't talked to a guy in a while. I could use a little learning, a little chassidus, a little Torah, whatever we call it. And then the third, I never, I don't know about this connection for the Parsha. I know yes. no one ever told me that this Parsha talks about fashion. No one ever broke down Torah to me like that. But 13 or however old, I think for me, I mean, this is so silly maybe, but like two older sisters taking pride in like how they dress a little bit, like like any, this is not sexist, whatever, like a girl does, you know, they just take pride in themselves. Maybe it doesn't sound right. But my girl, you know, I, I liked how my sister's dressed and I, you know, maybe borrowed a sweater here and there, but maybe it was like, you know, you sisters, maybe they help you comb your hair, maybe they help you beautify, I don't know, you know, but regardless, for me, it was putting on a suit at almost 13 and Friday night being told you're not supposed to do it on the crease. And I never, I was like, what? I don't want to go against anything I learned, but I can't put, I can't lay these pants just on the bed and I can't throw them on a hanger. So if I knew about belt loops, I probably just would have hung it up at a belt loops, but I wanted to keep the creases nice and sharp because my parents were in dry cleaning it every Friday. So right. I would look around, no one's looking and I would put it over the hanger almost exactly <laughs> or over a chair. Actually, I wouldn't cheat. I'd put over a chair. But to, I don't know what that's about. But it really, really, really made me take pride. And then going to yeshiva, and I looked around. Everyone, you know, was dry cleaning their white shirts. I didn't know my. I didn't know anything about dry cleaning a white shirt and getting a, a windmill and their titty twisters and someone ruining your shirt. Halavai, <laughs> she knew about tie dye. So, so for me, you know, I get a nice shirt, Perry Ellis, whatever, you know, from Marshalls, TJ Maxx, and clean. And Friday, and just the joy of 
of getting dressed for Shabbos, I could have done that Wednesday if I if I was so holy, it, you know, to look forward to like wearing something different. I didn't wear a white every a white shirt every single day. I wore a black hat every day, but you know, sometimes chocolate brown. But I, I wasn't wearing like my Shabbos best, and 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 like the idea of getting dressed once a week, okay, three times, you know, Friday at night, you know, Shabbos morning, you take a nap, Shabbos afternoon again, Malavamalka, we'll whatever. But it, it's such a it's such a beautiful thing that uh, that you know that we do. You know, it's- I have two older sisters and, and I'm like connecting to that idea that I had an older brother showing me the way of how we dressed. And, you know, dads are a little bit set in their ways. And if you're 13 and you care a little bit of how you're dressed, it's, it's quite shocking. Like the, the, you know, bringing your shirts to the cleaners, like who's paying for the cleaners. You got to have a hustle then to pay for your cleaning shirts. It's a, it's a whole experience that, uh, that I like, I was like, how come my shirts aren't as nice and everyone's until I heard the secret that they send it to the cleaners and get impressed. Extra start. Extra starts, you know. So these those things were definitely real. You're, you're fiddling with your with your with your um, turtleneck. Kind of look more presentable. My dad would not let me wear a turtleneck when I was 13, and it bothered me tremendously. And then I, I wanted to wear a turtleneck under my shirt, and uh, I just liked the look of it, and I wore it. And he was really upset. That's not for you. I may have stolen from a sister. It's it's hard to say. It was one of those things. And I wore it like on an eighth grade graduation trip. He saw the pictures. He was really upset. And now I see him in a turtleneck and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and he's like, well, what do you mean? I fold it up. It's good for a mask. So I, I like to walk around and with my turtleneck and pick it up. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it shows you the times change, the fashions change, and there's these little subtleties. It'll never go back. It'll never be weird for a boy to wear a turtleneck again in the neighborhood because- When you were a young bucker, you couldn't pull off those glasses. Come on. Um, I an age, 13 to 16, where like- it's iffy. I had a tough time. It's different now. I had a tough time though then because they, when I was 12 was when the rules changed. Prior to that, there's a picture of you with the Rebbe and you're wearing a stripe button down and a, and a, and like a, it must be like an olive colored trench coat. Yeah. And, so ugly. and but the point was everybody else was wearing dark blue or black uh, trench coats and, 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 it was only around that year that they actually set the tone of like, okay, from now on, the boys are all only wearing white shirts. People look at, at at the Chabad kids and they think they always were, but it's not true. They weren't like the Williamsburg kids. They were allowed to wear any color. And when I was done with elementary uniform, I was like, I can't wait to be this bucher, this 13-year-old, because I want to fiddle around with my clothes, my glasses, different things. And all of a sudden, they're like, no, from now on, it's black and white. And it was really really intentionally difficult on certain people, me, I know for sure. And, um, and I wanted to go to Israel because Israel hadn't instituted that law yet. And, 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 and it literally took three years and I got to Israel. And when I came there, they changed the rule. And I came to the guy and I was like, look, I didn't know there was the rule yet. And I, I didn't come with any white shirts and I still pulled it off. But, but yeah, this was something I was thinking about a lot when I was younger and, uh, and it came up because I, I mentioned the Torah portion because this Torah portion focuses on like, there's like real colors. Like I'll give you an example. The, the high priest would wear these like, like different shades of, of, of whites on, 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 and pinks on the bottom. And it was because he had to know every shade of, of skin ailments because some skin ailments in Jewish tradition are just, you have a rash and some represent a, 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 a spiritual deficiency. And it's very rare, but there's considered 72 shades of this reddish, pinkish, whitish. And the Kohen Gadol had to be 
knowledgeable in all of them. So his colors represented that pattern. So it wasn't just he was wearing this like apron, the colors of the apron were there to help him test all of the shades. And, and then there's like, you know, there's literally uh, the, the blue shades when it comes to the tzitzis mentioned in this week's portion. And they had different color ones. And, and, and I think of like all these different colors and, and you think about today, Jews are religious Jews synonymous with black and white. And it, and it little, it throws you off a little bit. And uh, because it's not really because that's Judaism. It's that way because people are trying to connect to their leaders and that's two different worlds. It's like you dressing as your favorite icon or or fashion symbol versus like this is what I'm wearing to work because it's comfortable. And and um and and that that's this portion focuses on a ton. And the main colors that stick out are different reds, different blues and purples, and different pinks and whites. And, and they really, each one has a different element of what they're trying to achieve. The purples and the blues are mirroring the sky and our place in, in the cosmos. And the reds have to do with the, the concept of like close to death versus close to life. And uh, the pinks and whites, you know, spiritual ailments versus uh, mental ailments. And when you start piecing together these, these colors and patterns and it's wools and linens and it's a whole different, it tells a whole different story of, of this of this narrative that clothing is also a bridge to the creator. And then when you look in Kabbalah and the word clothing is used for all things that you can't see the essence from first glance, you have to see from the outside to the inside, from exterior to interior, it blows your mind that it's using the term clothing because that's the highest analogy for you start from the outside and work your way to the inside. But if it really is real, if there's an actual parallel between the inside and the outside of the person, they're a wholesome person, you're, you actually are a real, a real, you have real depth and spirituality, then your outside clothing is also telling a story, right? Because it permeates it. It's not, you can't just go to a store, put on a fancy suit and everybody's like, oh, rich guy. It's hard to pull off that look. If you, carry you, know, yourself, right. you know, so there's some sort of connection. And that's what this portion is really about, that the priests have to wear these clothings that would create this inside outside connection so that it would reflect their job. And they could never forget what their job was, was to represent the people. And that's that's an idea. And speak today, modern times, religious Jews, every single person walking to Williamsburg with a white shirt and a black coat, everybody calls them rabbi. And you know, and I know that almost none of them are rabbis, meaning like they, they can't instruct you on anything. They're not leaders, but nevertheless, they're rabbi. That means their clothing is saying that they should be held to a higher standard, like a rabbi is held to a higher standard. He sh you know, if you hear a rabbi doing something wrong, it's pretty upsetting. So I, I find clothing to be a really spiritual gateway for my job, for what it is. And I try to make your job holy. I know, I know you sometimes are like, ah, it's just clothing, but you know. Why not? You're a chassid deep down. You, you grew up with this stuff. So you're you're also doing your work. You're also a form of a of a leader with this. All this stuff that the, the, you didn't talk about the um the breastplate. Uh, That's in this portion as well, but I didn't talk about it. Okay. Okay, I was gonna say, because it's like, you know, I'm I'm you know, I like jewels. You know, I pierced my ears recently and it and it's like it's I'm thinking that's a place. Not, not like I'm looking for an excuse like, oh, what do you mean? We could wear jewelry. The kind of other wore jewelry. Okay, it appears serious. He wore it on his, on his thing, but it's, I'm not the first year to wear a jewel. So, but um, all the stuff that you're talking about, the layers, was it all below the waist? So they, it was, there was lower levels, higher levels, and then there was like, you know, full aprons that went from up and down connecting them and belts and different things. It depends. So the, the high priest wore eight garments, they were called. And he had like two different uh, two different pant related garments, and then 
The rest were either aprons or, or higher ones and hats, etc. And then the regular priest wore four. So the, the idea of these different garments that were reflecting eight is, is technically the number of transcendence. But the idea is that, that, uh, that and they were also of different, different materials. And, 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 and silks, linens, wool. It's yeah. crazy. You know, back then, obviously, we weren't around. Like, I'm not saying you could identify, like, a cop or, or a kind guddle like right away whereas today there's like undercover cops too there's undercover citizen you know you and i like somebody could walk by you and be like that's not a rabbi he's he's, he's in a jogging suit he's in a sweatsuit he's in orange you know so oh, he has a he has a beard okay but look he's got funky glasses you know and it's like they could say the same thing to me like oh that he's not a chassid it's like who are you talking about but you and i know it's not all about the exterior even though or whatever but not dumbing down the inside outside because I love that, but it was a little deep for me. But it's so interesting that like, you know, I think when a person works in fashion, like even if they're not the photographer on set, they're, they're like doing other jobs on set of a shoot, you're supposed to just wear all black to blend in, you know? You know, and then I, I, I saw a photographer or a model on Instagram saying like, shoot day, I'm just gonna wear all khaki to sponge up the energy for my subjects and maybe it was the photographer saying and i'm like wow i show up to the i show up to the shoot bright pink tie-dye look at me look at me look at me and i don't really want to be that guy so am i wearing it just to put other people in a good mood i'm wearing because like put me in a good mood i think i think about it way too much i can't say like oh i didn't think about what i was going to wear today okay for this i didn't because i forgot but it's like you know or is now with a new baby ish to me it's like oh there's no real time to get dressed go into the playground first of all you don't really need to get dressed but for me every day i live like paparazzi's hanging my wife likes to joke around she thinks the sartorialist is outside the door you know <laughs> where you, you think this you know the people are shooting you no one's looking for me but now at a time when people are just so ugh, i, I want to bring even more energy to the streets but it's funny because like you know when i look in the mirror I close my eyes. I just think I'm a chassid with a beard, a, a, a fedora, and a white shirt and tie, and a white, I mean, a white shirt and suit. I don't think of myself like purple, yellow, and I often wish and complain to my friends. I wish I had a uniform. I just want a uniform, a uniform, which is also BS because the minute you told me in Yeshua, you know, you have to wear this, I don't want a uniform anymore. Right. So it's fun. Like it's like you maybe someone told you, you can't wear orange as a rabbi. <laughs> Look at me. I'm a rabbi and I'm wearing orange. You know. So it's so funny. Like I love to push. The needle pushed the boundaries, but they, I do so often walk into a room, figuratively, whatever, like walk down the street, like, and I get, I get, I get, I get shy, I get embarrassed. I'm like, stop looking at me, you know. And it's like, dude, look at you. What, what do you mean? You, you're, you're begging to be looked at. So it's so funny with the whole sneeze factor that, like, you know, you're you're bringing me a lot of love with this because I, I'll, now that I'm, I'm, I'm currently in a religious community. I haven't lived amongst my brethren for 15 years and I moved back in and now I'm on the way to go to Venice and I'm dressed in orange, but I'm stopping in the local synagogue in the morning because like I'm here, so I may as well do my morning prayers and everyone's looking at me and they're like, oh, you just want us to stare at you. And I'm sort of like, it's not for you. I'm kind of dressed for the other people. <laughs> I need to get a little more comfortable with like, hey, I'm doing it. I'm wearing it. So. Oh yeah. Also, it's like I dream of this uniform and they, I'll get like the perfect pair of black jeans like I'm wearing right now. They're nice and high waist. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to wear a white shirt, Oxford, every day, seven days a week. <laughs> and then I wear a tie one day. And I'm like, I want to wear a tie every day, every day. So it like, it flip-flops so much, but but I really do like, I don't think suffer, but I do wish it, like life would be so much easier. You know, there's a dresser behind me full of clothes and life would be so much easier if, you know, 
Okay, let's talk about just wide rail corduroys, one fabric, one style pant. I just want, I want it in every shade of every color. I want a few pinks, a few purples, a few blues and yellows, orange, greens, and reds. So that there's never like, oh, I wish I had a pair of red pants to wear. Oh, but also, who needs this crap in their lives? Anyway, sorry, go on and on. Oh. Yeah, this is the balance. This is the balance. Put me in when the parish is talking about getting rid of stuff. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, there's no question that these guys had their eight garments, but it was the same one every single day. You know, he had his look. He, he <laughs> nailed his look. And and it was... That's what I'm saying about nailing your look. It's like, it's like if someone, I would love to see you or a person to say, a professional, you know what, Morty? I love you, but like your turtlenecks, yellow is a better color for you or pink's a better color. I, you know, Sarah, my wife, I love her, but you know, maybe like your wife, Miriam, she, she's not like parents. I love you. I'm not going to tell you those glasses are funny. I love you. If they make you happy to the world, who cares? You know, but I beg for the real truth. And my wife, you know, gives it to me like I don't want to hear it most of the time, you know. But it's it, 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 it's like I'm, I, keep, I long for this uniform, but it's like, I, can't, I don't know what my point was. But uh, yeah, it's, it's being, but what really fits, what really, what makes us look our best. Right. What, you know, like what really makes us shine? What's our clan goggle uniform? Well, that's given to you. You're ordained. For us, we, we, we have an, we're an empty, an empty sketchboard, whatever it's called, empty pattern. Yeah. You know, we could wear anything we want. Well, I, I think I think the Hasidim I think the Hasidim who really, you know, dig their clothing, I think they really feel that way. I really think they feel like, listen, they have their look and it's really real and 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 they're and they're connected to something. It's mission oriented. It's every element of it has a spiritual connotation, whether they're always conscious of it or not. And and uh and and it is it has its own beautiful element to it. I would just say that. We're lucky to have women then who who are just like you look great. Don't worry about it. Like it, there's nothing better than that. Imagine somebody was like wrong color. Take it off. You'd be like you'd be like so self conscious for like weeks. About to go on a Zoom. Talk right. about yeah. 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 So to have like uh, a wife that's like, oh, you look great. I'm like, uh, you know, uh, it's 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 it has its, it's it's a blessing overall because yeah. you know right now we're wearing a lot of active wear. It's been a year of pandemic, so it hasn't been like a like you know, uh, um, a jeans type of year for me, even like a year. Yeah. yeah, it hasn't been rigid at all. And and before when I first moved to Venice, I was wearing really all jeans. I was wearing jeans and jeans and jeans and boots and and a hat. And now it's just now it's sneakers and activewear. And so so to a certain degree, uh, um, I, this idea of accumulating too much stuff, and and especially somebody like you, you get stuff, but you're also like given stuff, and you're also like. And and like, yeah, I, I think I think you you're a beautiful guy. You're very giving. Every anytime somebody comes by, you're giving. So like like I think you just sometimes that could become more of a thing for you of being giving. And and same for me. Anytime I'm not 100 percent sure if what I'm doing is good, I just know that I haven't given enough recently. Like I just go right back to that because that's my ultimately I want to be happy all the time. And you're happiest when you're conduit for more joy, not when you're you yourself are high on your own supply. You know. So anytime you just go back to that. Uh, to that moment of of like why it is you have what you have and and I think colors do play a part with that I think the Cone Guttle wore a lot of colors and all that so why do the Hasidic Jews wear these two colors basically black and white you know where did it become like that so you know other than it copying their teachers there really isn't a source per se you know uh, I was reading a book where somebody describes the Rebbe before he became Rebbe and his description was the guy with the gray suit 
No one else wore gray suits. Art, Art Joseph Boys is there's like a book or a movie or an art piece. The guy, the man with the gray suit. Hmm. Joseph Boys. There it is. He in the 40s, he was wearing a gray suit and a gray hat. And it stuck out because everybody else was wearing other things. And apparently, so there was something there. And there's the story that I think you'll like. It's this guy is looking for a sukkah in Berlin. And he can't find one in his neighborhood. And somebody's like, actually, there's this guy. He's the son-in-law of the Grand Chabad Rebbe. And he has a little sukkah. Maybe he'll let you in. And he finds him and he gets into a sukkah. And it's like this tiny little sukkah. And he says, uh, you know, I have a question. Why do you guys wear, uh, you know, your coats? What's with the coats? And the Rebbe said, um, there's different types of material. And he's bringing it from, from the Torah as well. There is the material of like cotton or, or linen that you have to like cut vegetation off. Vegetation is a certain type of, of existence and you sever it from its source and you make clothing out of it. So it's one type of clothing. Then you have clothing that's actually super harsh, leather clothing, you have an animal has to be killed in order for you to wear that clothing. So like, you know, you have to be really intentional about what you're doing. It's funny how leather clothing became about macho, became synonymous with macho or tough or like or like hunting. And, and, and it's like, wow, it really is like you have to take life for this stuff. And then the Rebbe said, when then there's silk. And silk, there's a method of making silk that nothing has to die for the silk to happen. And that's the highest level of clothing is silk. And on Shabbat versus the weekday, weekday, we're sort of involved with work. We're more like, we're more like leathers or cottons or linens and wools, etc. But when it comes to Shabbat and we have an elevated soul status or holidays, we want to wear silk, these silk coats, because we want to be way more connected to the source of life. Nothing should be, the least amount should be taken for this experience. And the guy said, well, why black? And the Rebbe said, it doesn't have to be black. Be any color you want. <laughs> this is the story. And I, that story was like a mind-blowing story because it's not, it's clearly not a, a viral story for the people wearing black and white, but it just says like the clothing has more to it than just the look. It's, it's, it, you can take it deep too. You can, same way you could make food spiritual and it's a lot easier because everybody, you know, is more intentional about their food. They eat all the time. You make a blessing, all that stuff, but clothing could be a very intentional experience. And the more intentional it is, the more it's bringing joy, making people happy, telling a story, interconnectedness, et cetera. Um, I think that all came together in your book, uh, you know, uh, your uh, Grateful book. It's tie-dye. It's people in the in the Grateful Dead scene or, you know, where we come from, the Grateful Yid scene. Uh, and and uh, you you published it in the last year. How did the book do, by the way? I think, you know, actually, I forgot because I never wore tie-dye really until I landed in San Francisco and I went to Haight-Ashbury, the corner where it all began. That yeah. Hippie shop. And I started buying tie-dye. I come back to New York and my wife is like, you can't wear these brand new liquid blues. You gotta wear the original tees. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, look, it's so shiny new. I said, nah, I'll break it in myself, you know? Eventually she made me get rid of them. She gave me one when she was a little girl, 15 year. I have this shirt from when she was 15. But, um, I, you know, and to bring the hippieism, like when I landed in San Francisco and Levi's hired me, I come in with bow tie suspenders, fedoras, and everybody, you know, menswear was like at its like peak you know mustache yeah. wax and all that stuff that we're not into but making yourself look too menswear. Yeah. My, the, my cuff of my jean is exactly 20 quarter inches and these are 16 ounce denim i never washed them i put them in my freezer to clean them you know <laughs> the, so i i flipped it and i went like total hippie 
it, you know, I was like, I'm in San Francisco. I got to be local. You know, and I got to yeah. be like where I am. And nobody understood it. And then when I came back to New York and Milan and Paris Fashion Week, I started wearing tie dye to these fashion weeks. People were so confused. You know, that they were not they weren't wearing suits and ties, but they were wearing dress up clothes. It's like if you're gonna dress yeah. up. I'm gonna show dress up. So I went on tour a little bit with Dead and Co. I was never into Grateful Dead. All of a sudden, I heard Dead and Co's music. And I'm like, this is Grateful Dead. I love it. I love it. Well, it's not. It's only Bob Weir. Oh, it's Nicky Hart. It doesn't matter. I got, I got, I got really, really, really into it. I got the bug, and I went to a bunch of shows. And the talking about the book is better for me than looking at it because looking at it, you know, you don't judge a book, uh, judge a book by its cover. If you look at the cover, you think it's just tie dye. It, it's not. And I'm not saying you think it is, but I think I think so many people think it's just tie dye. It, I really try to capture what they wear at these shows. A lot of it's tie dye because the publisher's smart and the publisher uh, knows what sells. Publisher was doing a book with Maddie Matheson, the chef mm. in Canada, and Maddie said, "You got to come meet my 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 publisher." I'm like, what publisher? He's like, "Yeah, yeah, come, 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 come have a coffee." And he didn't tell me the publisher wanted to meet me, so I was like, "All right, cool." In my mind, I'm like, I want to do a book on Beauty in the Everyday, Beauty in the Everyday uniform. I got all the photos, regular people in New York, garbage men. So, you know, I, I get there. And within two seconds, the publisher's like, oh, man, I'm a big deadhead. I love your photos of the dead. I'm like, oh, so you see my Instagram. Okay, cool. Like, you don't really know what I'm about, about but you see me. You know, we became friendly, and he pushed me in the right way. And I delivered, you know, a grip of photos. And it got me out of the house for a couple of weeks. That was fun to travel a little bit and pretend that I was on tour, be like the Shlech on tour. Right. And, and, and um, took a ton of photos, made a book. I have enough to make a bunch more volumes. But um, you know, I mixed in a couple of street shots, but mostly it's people on tour. And, you know, 50-year-old guys wearing wearing uh, show, T-shirts that they wore in the 80s to see Jerry Garcia, you know, and then people with their grandkids you know all the different generations going fathers and sons mothers and daughters grandparents babies i saw babies in, I, 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 I had this course of going to a show in mexico for three days called playing in the sand and i didn't understand what it meant you you momish you could bring your hotel slippers and your bathrobe from the room to the sand and watch and lay in the sand and watch the show it, or if you're wanting to trip out like me you just look at the water you could hear the music but you just your mom your feet are in the water in the water during the show, you know, and I and I went to the back because I don't like to be in the middle of the the whole thing. I'm afraid I'll have to go fish or I'll bug out. I like to be in the outskirts, like you just have in and out access, easy access. And I saw families with little babies with the head things, you know, laying, taking naps. It was probably ten o'clock at night, you know, taking a nap, you know, and watching Dead and Co. And uh, you know, so I saw so many different ages, and and it's cute to see like the kids with their brand new Urban Outfitter. You know, Grateful Dead sh shirts with the fancy Jordans. They don't know one song, but they're into it, which is a beautiful thing. You know, the real deadheads, they don't care how you got there as long as you're on the bus. You know, it's like a beautiful thing. It's well, like well, this is what we're getting to, that they're telling a story with the clothing, with their music, with their whole experience. Sure. And so to so a certain degree, it sort of fits in with like, I grew up Hasidim. It's also telling a story and telling telling like that. And tie-dye, I have a lot of tie-dye. It was all made by my daughters. They went uh, tie-dye crazy the last two years. And, uh, and, uh, my sister was living here. So like they took, they literally emptied my closet, everything white, you know, they just, whatever was white, they took and tie dyed, you know, pajamas. Uh, that's why you're wearing your suits. <laughs> that's exactly. This you can't mess up. Listen, you know, it's true. I love tie dye because you didn't ask me, but it's like, it, it takes you places. You look at mm -hmm. it and it's like, I don't care about psychedelics. I'm not my for to be honest. You know, yeah, I've had my share of this stuff, the other, but like, I'm pretty 
I'm saying not the most straightforward guy, but like I try to be like, I'm not as hippy dippy as I'd like to think I am, but I like it because it's like you go to the meeting and that guy's wearing a white Oxford shirt. Okay, it's fashion, you know? And then I show up in this, it's like, it's distracting in a fun way, but it's not perfect. We're all snowflakes, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know. So now, so now t- let's, let's, let's take us out. Like, how are we going to get out of this pandemic mentality? What's going to be next as far as Mordecai goes, as far as fashion? Like, where are we going? Well, so I've been hearing a little bit, reading a little bit, both lies, headlines, whatever, you know, like, it's going to be like the roaring 20s or whatever. <laughs> and this is over. People are going to be dying to go out with ball gowns. Okay. Okay. For a day or two, a week, a month, a year. Yeah. yeah people are going to be, you know, getting dressed, but. I, I do not know. I don't want to sit here and say I can't predict or I'm going to predict. But look, you know, with us spreading color and, and, and joyful clothing and people taking interest in sustainability and in, in, in longevity, I hate garbage. I hate garbage. Okay, maybe the shirt's $11. So I, like, I, I'm happy if I got 12 uses out of it, but I'd rather pure cotton. I'd rather, you know, I'll pay money. I'll pay more money if there's moth holes in the cashmere sweater because it's true, tried and tested. It's lived in. It's got the maple syrup stain from somebody else's breakfast. These are important. You know, I didn't pay for the breakfast. I paid for the sweater. But, right. you know, I don't, I don't know what's coming. I don't want to get rid of any more clothes. But I think for happy times when hopefully we're still careful with each other's space, but maybe it's a little bit more, uh, people are telling me now in the playground, they're like, these kids, it's so sad. They're not going to learn facial expression or whatever. And I'm like, looking at them, I'm like, I'm making faces at my daughter every second that I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> she knows facial expression. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's. It, it, well, I, joy is going to take us out of it for sure. Like people are just going to want to have to be committed to being happy and, I think uh, the dress is going to morph because work is going to be different. A lot of places aren't opening as quickly. The office place is not going to be the same. Yeah, they're more relaxed, right? Huge companies are starting with the idea we may only do two days a week, maybe only one day a week, maybe not all departments, you know? Like, so that alone is going to shift people's wardrobes uh, of like what well, heels, less teleporting, right? It's like I'm wearing a suit and tie up top. You don't know if I'm wearing shorts below, right? We're not, we're not talking about Ooh. like women's clothing today, but I have so many questions about that. Like, is so much of their clothing um, developed because of like um, you know trying to get the man's attention, and and that age is clearly over as well. And 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 there's so many style trends, and and it's going to affect us us Hasidic Jews too because you know a lot of the a lot of people, especially Hasidic Jews, don't know that prior to World War II. You see some black and whites, and they like, oh yeah, Hasidim looked that way, but it's not true. I see saw pictures of my grandmother, uh, you know, who lived in Sweden and uh, was very tzniyus and very modest, but was wearing pants. You know, I'm not saying we're going to go to wearing pants, but like it wasn't, a, it didn't stick out as something irregular at the time. In other words, uh, as as fashion trends taint, uh, change, Jews are focused on modesty and identity and and uh, and spiritual journey. In, in in what they're wearing and what they're doing way more than exactly the look. And, you know, Chabad culture, where I'm from, has always been a little more forward thinking with that. The glasses were always a little sharper. The suits were always a little louder. <laughs> they, they were always willing to go there. And it was like sort of fed off like the Rebbe himself was like the Rebbe was not judging people by their clothing as much. Obviously, he doesn't want us to live like our clothing first, but nevertheless, there's there was leeway to open that door. Chabad girls were always dressed really well. And there was a certain identity with that. And and I and I and I'm interested to see where it goes because I think it will parallel for me in my interest the spiritual journey, the joy journey, 
Um, people have such a doom and gloom. Like the news is all about the world's falling apart. And, and movies are all about, you know, talking about the human emotion of things falling apart. And, and I'm like, well, I'm a rabbi. I'm, the, I'm supposed to be your positive agent. I'm here to remind you that things are going to work out. That's my job. And, you know, in Jewish tradition, there's no faith. That's dogmatic. There's trust. We trust things are going to happen. So I'm always trying to get people to switch the word from faith to trust. Like, because it's, it's a psychological different experience. And, uh, and I, I, bright arms, let's get back to that. That's it. You know, tie-dye, it's it. It's bigger stories going on. Uh, if I was living in New York, maybe I'd, uh, wear it a little differently, but, uh, nevertheless in California, this is, this is to me the way of the future. It's like, you might have Birkenstocks on today. You might have sneakers. Okay. California's a little more Birkenstock friendly. The air is better, whatever, you know, we're not in the subway. You're not getting good broken bottles in the street, but I can't help but think how, like you said, Lubavitch has changed, you know, has been more, they've, they've moved with the times more and quicker, more than other Swedish uniforms, for sure. Yeah. You know, like with the sizes of the brims and the colors of the doors, forget everything else, you know, glasses and suits for sure, tighter pants and brown eyes. But, you know, not to be negative, but with the New York Post showing like, oh, a wedding of thousands of Swedish actually don't want to look like a black and white husband because if that's what person someone's first conclusion is going to be like oh he's one of those i'd rather them my name is mordechai shlomo rubenstein i don't hide from it i'd right. rather them judge me by my clothes and then say oh he's a jew he's cool it's like oh this rabbi he's a rabbi he's wearing orange it's it's, it's like it's cool to me that we're different you know i don't know how else to say it like i, I don't want to scream different but I do. But you don't have a choice. Because you can't be... No, but I guess also you, do you want to be seen... At, do you want to be, be seen ultimately as different, even if it's uncomfortable, than being seen as somebody else that isn't you at all? Right. That's really the choices we have at this point. <laughs> so, you know, I, I got to do it. Got to do it. Well, listen, man. I, we're, setting a, we're setting a good example. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Because you have me on the phone, and I look up to you, and you're not hiding. You know, you're not, you know, reverend on Instagram, you know, hurts much. And you're the same person you are here. And I try to be the same person I am on Kingston. Actually, I walked on Kingston Avenue last week in Crown Heights. We don't need to talk about it too much. But three people at separate times in the day were like, you're a week early for Purim. And it didn't hit me. Each time it didn't hit me like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. I'm wearing a purple beret, you know? Right. It's just so funny how it's like, it's like that every time I visit Crown Heights, I want to blend in. I don't know about you. It's impossible. It's impossible. I can't blend in anywhere. And I want to. I really want to. Well, don't blend in. Think about it this way. You're flying down North Point. You just passed the Patagonia store on the left in San Francisco. Seven, you're on your bike, right? The 770 Patagonia building. And you're, and, you're, and you're flying down towards Levi's. And as you pass around the wharf... You see some some Hasidim jumping out of the freezing cold water mikvah and you yell out, Hasidim! That's the type of stuff that like, you know, you are. And, uh, and if you keep the world going. Yeah, you got you gotta keep keep yelling out your thing and keep um and keep bringing your energy, man, because it's it's infectious and that's what people love about you. Uh they can say it's the clothing and the trends and the style, but it's also the energy you bring, the joy you bring, and uh the whole the whole, you know, it says it says in the future. When Mashiach comes, that the whole the whole future is got like a lot of holidays will disappear. Oh yeah, look, look at that Nike <laughs> That when Mashiach comes, all holidays will disappear except uh, Purim. Whoa, dude! 
That's that's right there. That's right. Mordechai, the purple and teal going on. Is that a polo? <laughs> you love the you love it. Shlomo. There we have it. And the Nike then. That's perfect. <laughs> the green velvet, right? It's perfect. Oh, yeah, green velvet. Bought it in Israel, never wore it. Yeah, yeah it matches what you wear. I should have. I should have gotten a size six or seven. Yarmulkes don't work with hair. I have a major problem with that. Tough, That's why I started tough. wearing the beret. A fedora and a yarmulke don't work. Fedora with long hair, I think, is so like. I think of. I don't want to mention the name. One guy used to do it for bring-ins all the time. What with the beret? No, with long hair with a ponytail. With the, with yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I never understood it, but it was cool. The beret, I took it upon myself. I'm a photographer. So why wear hats that get in the way of the lens? Right. The beret is perfect. But really, the beret was about going to 770 for me. I found it to be the perfect, perfect, perfect hat that's mm. not a cap, that's not a hat. Well, well, before you, there was the famous Professor Bronover always wore the beret. And, you know, he was a real figure because he brought something new to Chabad as well. He brought, like, you know, deep into, uh, you know, mathematics and astrophysics and all types of, like, uh, things to, to Chabad and the Rebbe really appreciated him and he wore a beret and uh, there you go looks good you're okay, saying that the hair doesn't let it sit doesn't let the album sit right exactly exactly if you do it like this it's kind of like what's this what's this what's this cut the chip off you know if you put your hair under it we're not like Middle Eastern or Africa you know Sephardi you know where you're like clipping you gotta clip it in you gotta clip it nah, then after half hour the hair hurts over here so then you know if you get a short haircut it's the only way to do it yeah, or you got to go for like two size up on the Yamaka. You got to get bigger. That's what I need. That's what I wish like I had. Like the big one. Nana Nachman, huge without Nana Nachman around, but just a big royal red Yamaka. The same store that had this had them. And I should. this is a five. I should have gotten like a seven. So it's it's an it's an older look. I don't remember guys wearing the big velvet Yamakas since way back, but it looked super cool then. You know, they would wear it and it would stick out of their fedoras like this. You know, they had that look where it would like. And it would finish the hat side. Exactly. My right. Hat, my hands were always big on me. So it's perfect because, yeah. you know, you know that's, that's, a, that's, that's a lost look. look. That's a lost look. That's a good one. <laughs> well, some more time. Somebody's posting old 770 pics lately that are just beautiful. They are. Well, there's, I, I think, I think there was like, there was also an unassuming nature to life pre-social media, pre, oh, yeah. oh, pre yeah. intensity of like people actually like wearing life, wearing clothes, you know, and uh, that's not going away. Your father's wearing, your father's wearing turtlenecks now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's over. <laughs> We're ready for the future. You know, listen, they, they say when Mashiach comes, the clothing, which we described earlier as the exterior is going to be more important than interior. Right now, the inside is what counts. But when Mashiach comes, it's going to be the outside because the whole concept of Mashiach and Judaism is not like uh, you know Armageddon or or like uh, everything switches and it's a different world. It's we see the energy in the outside as well. Right now, we don't see it. We everything's like a vessel for for the energy on the inside. The change of the future is that the outside we can see tell actually tells the story. So it is a, it is um to see um um what you're doing in the new light if you if you're looking for that because you you see it so well anyways see what you're doing as a Mashiach thing like it is it's like you're not you're not superficial about the outside on the contrary anything that's too superficial you you couldn't have more fun laughing at it you know so the idea that that you're taking the outside and like there's the story itself 
it now is an energy that you're putting on. It's not just containing you, but it itself has something. That's that's the future. That's what the the we call it in Hebrew. It would be where the kalim, which means the vessels, are just as important as the as the or the light inside. And and right now we can't see it. Right now the body is whatever, and the soul is where it's at. And 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 then the body is the superficial part. But imagine the body was like, wow, look at this. This vessel can actually identify, uh, you know, the cosmos. It can identify mysticism. It can identify spirituality. It can identify love. I posted the other day on my Instagram, like, let's not forget that it's a gift that we could love others more than ourselves. Like, they people talk about how, like, oh, it's a problem that people are actually do a lot of good out there, but then for themselves, they don't take care of themselves. I'm like, you know, it's it's actually not good or bad. It's a gift. It's usually. An animal can only think about itself. It's all for its own survival. The idea that we could be for something else is the vessel, is the exterior beginning to realize that it itself is a conduit for something larger. And uh, that's what the perm holiday is, man. That's why it's important. It's my birthday too, perm. So it's like uh, fits right in. Happy almost birthday. Yeah, yeah, coming up. It's Wednesday night? Wednesday. It's, it's Thursday night. I It was perm turning into Shushan perm. That's my story. Shushan. Shushan, you know? Mordecai, I love you. Thanks for coming on. To the, throwing the word shoe in. <laughs> He's throwing shoe. That's, you know. Uh, thanks for coming on the Rabbi Paris podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm sorry. And, 17 months later. And, no, you were, you're the best. And uh, you're welcome on anytime. And uh, and I we just, well, let's do it again. Yeah, we'll, we'll go we'll go spiritual again. And, uh, and we'll do it post when the world opens up. And you'll see, you'll tell us what's really going on out there. Uh, nobody does the streets like you do. So happy Purim. Um, I should thank our sponsors because I saw you wearing the Nike. <laughs> right. This is it right now. I, I, you know, listen, that's my next level is when Nike starts dressing this rabbi. That's it. That's when I, that's when I made it. <laughs> that's our screen right there. There we go. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Shem Ta